Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. Glad to have you with us. I'm Cassidy, and as always, I'm joined by my lovely co-host, Tiz. Hey, guys. Uh, last week, we talked about returning to the MCU for our current episode. So as promised, we are diving into all things She-Hulk related. Yes. Uh, this is Marvel's latest TV show. It actually just ended, um, mm-hmm. I think, about a week before our posting this. True. So it is uh-huh. still fairly recent. Um, lots of cool stuff. So we're super excited to get into it. And so mm-hmm. we're just going to dive right in. But before we do, our usual spoiler warning slash disclaimers. Um, this is a very recent <laughs> series. Uh, the show, like I said, just ended. So if you haven't seen it or if you haven't caught up, just keep in mind that we are getting into all sorts of spoilery territory. So listener discretion is advised. Definitely. And uh, before we dive right in, it see this is slightly different from the other shows that Marvel has put out so far on Disney Plus, right? It's um fourth wall breaking type thing, uh, which is interesting, and we'll talk about that. But I do love how chaotic Jen Walters is. So let's talk about that and how all of this starts because it's Jen is just like doing her thing she's in california she's in la she's a lawyer she's she's she was part of the da's office uh she was a prosecutor for the da's office in the beginning all those things and then everything snowballs and stuff happens that changes her trajectory as it were so let's talk about that let's get started yeah i mean the series starts kind of like with a bang of course because we see Jen um she's in the middle of a court case but like you said earlier one of the cool things and interesting things about this series is that there is a lot of like breaking the fourth wall where Mm -hmm. Jen Walters as a character will kind of turn to the camera and be like hey so I'm in a tv show and I know it might not be everybody's cup of tea but I was actually pleasantly surprised by it and how much I actually enjoyed it Mm -hmm. um I think there was it was done fairly well and in my opinion, not super overused. I think like there was at least one instance, probably every episode where it was like, you yeah. know, like a cut to the camera type thing and yes. Jen would address the viewers and mm. it was different. But also I think phase four has been pretty heavy and there's oh, been God, a lot of yes. like pain. Really, mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, and I think, I don't remember who it was, but I think somebody at Marvel may even have been Kevin Feige who said like, the one of the themes if not the main theme of phase four was like guilt and consequences or something Mm. to that effect so in a phase that's been relatively heavy and or kind of dark at times I think this is like a nice uh change of pace it was a lot more Mm lighthearted. more it was like it was like a kind of like a legal comedy I think is what it was pitched as Mm -hmm. so um it was just I don't know it it was a nice uh nice change I think yeah some of like the sadder and or darker things we got in phase four so I really liked that aspect of it I don't know if you did or if I know a lot of people were not super thrilled with it but um like I said I actually didn't mind it as much no I didn't mind it either there's just one instance where it went a little bit too far and we'll discuss that um but as we discuss the story but most of the time I was like huh that's interesting I think that's cool uh, so I didn't mind the fourth wall breaking stuff. I think um, uh, I love Tatiana Maslany because she's fun. She's a lot of fun. Uh, if you watch her performances, I think she was an orphan black, if I remember correctly. Uh, I believe so, yeah. I watched that ages ago and I can't, but she's she's been amazing. And to watch her 
become uh, play Jennifer Walters has been hilarious to say the least. And let's talk about how this all starts because it's just a it's just a regular day for her. She's meeting up with her cousin, and Bruce is just you know uh, talking about how he has an inhibitor now to basically not be smart Hulk all the time. And all those things, which I get, which is fine. If he wants that, that's great. But then they get into an accident. Something, basically, uh, somewhere, a spaceship attacks them. And uh, they, and his blood actually gets into her system, which makes her She-Hulk. So let's talk about that and how it affects her. And how it shows uh, how she handles being a Hulk. Uh, when, and compared to how he had to handle it when he first started out. So let's talk about that. Yeah, I don't really know what I was expecting in terms of like mm. Jen becoming She-Hulk, but uh, I thought it was just kind of interesting that it happens in a kind of simple way in the sense mm. like she's involved in an accident and then just through like cross-contamination with Bruce's blood, she gets yeah, Hulk exactly. powers. Um, yes. I don't know if I... I think we've mentioned a couple of times in previous episodes, I don't think either of us have really read the comics extensively. So I'm not super familiar with her comic counterparts, like Mm -hmm. origin story or how she got her powers. But I was kind of expecting like a, I guess, more dramatic way. Yeah. Um, Not that this wasn't dramatic. It was just, I I don't know. I I think I was expecting like a lab accident or something like big with explosions and um. I don't really, I mean, I think there was an explosion in this. It's a car accident, but (laughs) it was just, I I thought, interesting the way she got her powers. And then um, I also just love how Bruce was kind of just like, oh, gee, sorry, you know, you got contaminated. Like, you're going to be a Hulk now. And I was expecting him to, like, freak out more because I I feel like Bruce is, like, I mean, he's he's a certified genius. Don't get me wrong. But (laughs) he's also, you know, I think it took him some time to, like, get used to being a Hulk and having to work on, I think, reining in his emotions and things like that. So um, I was fully expecting him to freak out, but he was just kind of calmly just like, oh, yeah, sorry, you're a Hulk now. We're just going to have to deal with it. Yeah. (laughs) And um, even Jen, I expected her, like, I mean, she did, I think, push back and there was a lot of, like, no, I'm just a lawyer, just Jen. I'm not going to be a Hulk and all of that. And um, that was great, but I was also, I think I just expected her to kind of freak out because <laughs> I feel like yeah. if they were in that position, it's, it's I would freak thing. out. Like, yeah, your life is turned upside down all of a sudden. Like now you have these weird powers and who knows what you do with them. And so um, I was pleasantly surprised that she wasn't freaking out as much as I thought she would be. That's true. But, Interesting point. Go ahead. But no, I was just gonna say the contrast between her and Bruce when like Mm. they first started out was really interesting. And I just loved it because it was I don't know what it was about Jen, but it's like, she just had better control of her powers from the start. And Bruce was like trying to give her the whole like, you know, this is going to take years and a lifetime of mastering and you have to learn all these things and you have to do this and you have to do that. And like Jen was pretty good with her powers from the start. And it might have just been one of those things where like, Hulk powers work differently for everybody or like mastering them is a different journey for everybody and Mm -hmm. Bruce had to spend a lot of time mastering his and Jen had to spend very little time. I think he's a little jealous of that. I find that funny. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I just thought it was interesting though that like there is such a dichotomy between like how they both kind of get comfortable with their powers and it's just um, 
I don't know, it was just really interesting to see because obviously Bruce has been working through, you know, his like mastering his powers for a very long time. And it's not like he was doing a bad job or anything because it is I would imagine really difficult to be in that position where like every emotion you feel could potentially trigger this like alter ego to pop out or something yeah um Mm -hmm. I don't know it was just so interesting and so funny to see like Jen have almost complete control from the start (laughs) or like maybe not complete control but she had a pretty good mastery of her pretty good she was still Jen it wasn't like (laughs) she was a completely different persona like Bruce was when he turned into the Hulk it wasn't like that for her she was still completely aware whereas Bruce was not so that surprised Bruce and he was like I can't believe it it was so I can't believe it's been so easy for you kind of deal I also like their banter because they're idiots when they're trying to (laughs) outdo each other which is kind of funny to watch but yeah yeah I think one of the things that I liked especially like going into this I was kind of concerned that they were introducing Jen Walters as a new character but obviously Mm. her connection is you know she's Bruce Banner's cousin so I was like how much are they going to have Bruce in this series and like are they going to prop her or like use him to prop Jen as a character up yeah exactly it would be nice to see him of course and you know we did get to see him throughout the first couple of episodes but Mm -hmm. um you know the more I think they have him I think the less screen time Jen would have and then I I just didn't want it to feel like it was like a Hulk show I mean w- there's nothing wrong if that's what they'd advertise it as but the show is kind of supposed to be like Jen Walters introduction agreed so I was like are they really going to put that much Bruce and I love Bruce don't get me wrong I would have I was really happy to see him when we did see him but I remember when like the episodes first came out or at least when episode one came out I was like great love to see Bruce but I don't want this to be like a regular thing because then it could start or it could feel like they're tra- like not spending enough time with Jen and her story. Yeah. <laughs> so no, personally, I... I was kind of glad that <laughs> Bruce just had cameos. Yeah. I'm glad that they did that. I think like you're very right in saying that it's a delicate balance. And I think they walked that line effectively for this series. But I do want to talk about how reluctant Jen is to even you know become She-Hulk and she's like I don't care I still want to be a lawyer that's what I want to do I have things to take care of in my own life other than being a superhero and she feels very strongly about that and Bruce after a bit of a tussle with his cousin he's like okay fine if you want to deal with this your way I get it do what you do you kind of thing but then I also find it I I also find it interesting how she's forced to reveal this part of herself publicly when um when Titania comes in um in the middle of her court proceedings or something. So let's talk about that too because that was it for it, it forced her to out herself to be honest. So I it, and and that can't have been easy. So let's talk about that. Yeah, I mean, Jen not being super, um, I guess, into being a superhero as a start makes total sense because, of yeah. course, I mean, law is not an easy field. I mean, most fields are not an easy And it's field, expensive. But like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I'm sure she invests a lot of time and effort to get her law degree and then to, you know, get 
to a, a place where she was able to practice and, you know, take on cases and things like that. So um, from that perspective, I kind of understand like why she's so reluctant because she's built her life, you know, she's put in all this time and effort to like get to where she wants to be. And then all of a sudden now all of that is kind of upended because she yeah. has an alter ego and she never asked for it. It was an accident and it's not like, you know, there's really any fault. Like Bruce didn't do it he wasn't super responsible for it and it wasn't really no. her fault either but yeah it's a thing that happened and now she has to deal with it so that part makes total sense like the way she's reluctant to kind of embrace this new part of her and how she's like no I just I'm just Jen I'm just Jen just a lawyer like that's all I want to do I just want to go back home and forget this ever happened mm -hmm. but then like you said too with the whole Titania incident she's kind of forced to reveal herself but what I found really interesting was that I think unlike other heroes in the MCU, she didn't spend as much time deliberating on whether or not she should reveal herself yeah, she uh, compared to some others. Like, I feel like even Tony had a little bit of deliberation before he was just like, I am Iron Man. Um, and in some cases, like, you know, they didn't even have a choice. Like, Peter didn't get a choice. Like, he was no. just outed. He was outed Will by and, Mysterio. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think not like when she revealed her identity, she did it consciously, but I'm sure like that was she had time to plan it and like think through it, even if it wasn't really shown much on screen. But Jen was just kind of like in a courtroom and all of a sudden Titania, who's like somewhat of antagonist, pops up and Yeah. Um, also props to Jamila just, Jamil. I love her in the Oh my god, she was awesome. amazing. Although I yeah. will say Titania as a character just felt kind of weird because I don't really know yeah. what purpose she served. Yeah. Other same. than just being like another super powered individual who could like yeah. potentially I, yeah. match Jen as she hulk. But uh no Jamila Jamil was fantastic. I absolutely love her as Titania. She did such an amazing job. But Marvel has always been really great with casting and mm -hmm. like you said um, Tatiana Mazzani is amazing as Jen Walter so yep. I think casting wise they really like got the perfect actors mm -hmm. for the role but um, yeah I just thought it was really interesting that Jen just willingly revealed herself as She-Hulk and um, kind of just took care of Titania in the first episode I was expecting a lot of like I'm not gonna do it I'm not gonna do it like nobody can know or like that kind of cheesy thing where it's like you know the superhero has to like go off screen and hide somewhere and like transform right <laughs> and then it reminds me of Ladybug to be honest <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I know. I know um, what you mean. Like, a, like, yeah. or like the old timey cartoons where, yeah. like, you know, they they did all oh the time. Oh my god, so... where's Adora? No, don't worry, Adora's safe. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> It's, it's, I was kind of expecting something like that or at least like the hesitation because I would imagine mm -hmm. that for somebody who was so reluctant to even be a She-Hulk that Jen yeah. would just be like I'm not transforming in front of a whole courtroom or like I'm not gonna do this here and like just out myself to the whole world but um I don't know if it's because it was like a split second thing like Titania just popping up and so she's like exactly. all right I gotta react now mm -hmm. or um if it was just like maybe pressure because nikki jen's best friend is like turn into she hulk turn into she hulk you have to do it kind of thing um, although yeah. i love nikki she's awesome oh, oh my god yeah. she was amazing yeah um and also i just love too that like this show in some ways kind of did turn like the superhero identity trope on its head because like yes jen tells nikki right away almost. oh yeah she's There's like no, yeah dude i can turn into she hulk like, and yeah it's 
Yeah. yeah. And I feel like, again, like other heroes in the MCU have obviously done that for a number of reasons. And, you know, I think they're all mostly valid. So mm-hmm. um, I can't think of any that aren't. <laughs> so uh, I was just kind of surprised that it was like, okay, I'm, she went from like, I don't want to be a Hulk to, okay, I am a Hulk, telling her best friend and then kind of outing herself all within the first episode. And yeah. I just thought again it was it was done in like a really lighthearted, funny kind of way. It was, it was and because it was after she <laughs> of course, because after she takes care of Titania, she's like, I'm ready to give my closing arguments though, which is like, dude, <laughs> you just punched somebody. And now you're like <laughs> standing here trying to give closing arguments for your case which is like I admire that but oh my sweet summer child you don't know what's coming for you I'm so sorry (laughs) it's just yeah it's just like this is just the beginning and unfortunately she's not aware but Mm -hmm. um as the series progresses then yeah I'm sure she's aware of how crazy her life she does become aware of it because unfortunately because of all of this she gets fired. The district attorney's office just fires her. She's like, you lost the case for us because now they were biased in your favor kind of thing. Like, how is that her fault? And she makes a point. Should I have let everyone die? Uh, they're like, she makes a good point. And, it's un- and the show makes it very clear that this was unfair, but it just it happened and it messed up her life basically um let's also talk about glkh now because which is in, which is the competing law firm like not the da's office but a private law firm that was basically representing the defendant uh in the case that they were arguing they come to her and they try to hire her for a superhero law division and uh her first client would be the abomination which is like interesting because, and Jen mentions this because it's like a conflict of interest at this point. Again, yeah. casting wise, Marvel has been great because Tim Roth is amazing. He is amazing. If you if you guys have ever watched Lie to Me, which is like a very old TV series, he's amazing at that. It's like super cool. <laughs> I love Tim Roth. He's he's amazing. Uh, and. Yeah, casting words have been good. It's interesting to see Pug, uh, who's Jen, who's basically another part, uh, who's another lawyer in GLKH. Jen makes the only con- Jen's condition only condition is that uh, Nikki joins her as a paralegal at this firm, which they are like, okay, you know what, do what you gotta do, kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I want to talk about this whole meeting with um, with. Uh, with the abomination Emil Blomsky yes that was the name I was looking for with Emil (laughs) so um, I want to talk about that because through him we are introduced to another character we know the Sorcerer Supreme so let's talk about Wong and how all of this is happening which is funny as hell so let's talk about it yeah I mean episode two really picks up like there's a lot going on yeah uh, after episode one to be honest like episode one was um like a good introduction a little bit kind of like slow and very light because it's the first episode then episode two like the ball really gets rolling but Mm -hmm. um I thought it was very suspicious that GLK and H kind of poached Jen almost immediately right exactly they stick her in like this superhuman or superhero law division that like had never existed until her and she was meant to be the face of it yeah exactly as she hulk not as jen um 
so um it was just very weird like they kind of popped up and we're like hey we're willing to offer yeah and it's like we're willing to make you an offer and of course we want you to like head our new division and you'd be in charge you'd have a nice office and this and that but we have some conditions and I remember thinking like that sounds really nice but also it's it like they don't want Jen they want She-Hulk and that seems kind of rude yeah yeah it also just seems really rude because it's like Jen is She-Hulk like there's no She-Hulk without Jen and no also Jen is a pretty great lawyer so what the hell guys so it just felt very kind of like demeaning but I think one of the cool things that this show has done a really good job of illustrating which I've seen other people point out is that it kind of does a good job of illustrating what it's like for women just in general to exist right like having to like compete with like all these different things like whether it's Mm -hmm. you know guys in a law firm or whatever and then being asked to you know meet some unrealistic standards or you know behave in a certain way or whatever or dress a certain way all of that and so it was just it, it it did a good job of kind of illustrating that but um the one thing that kind of bothered me not to the point where I was like I can't watch the show but it was just kind of like oh man you shouldn't have done that or like I don't Mm -hmm. know if I would do that was like I said Jen agreeing to work for GLK and H um and agreeing to do so as like she would just be in She-Hulk form the whole time and like you know like I don't know if they ever specified I don't think they did but it like the way it was phrased they made it seem like at no point during her shift could she be in gen form she just always had to be like yeah when she was working she had to be she hulk and when she was done working then she could transform back into gen but during work hours she had to be in her she hulk form and that just yeah. felt like like you said shady and also just kind mm. of demeaning like yes. oh we don't want like the human version of you we want like the super powered version of you who we like better and it's just like that's really nice guys great impression no it's not um, yeah but that was one thing and then of course too like you said the first assignment that she's given is to represent Emil Blonsky in a case and Jen I think did the great thing and was like hey there's a con like I have a conflict of interest I cannot represent him I think it would have been very easy for somebody to be like yeah sure I'll represent him and then because of the conflict of interest yeah exactly and she didn't do that she was like no no no, I can't represent him because he and my cousin Bruce were like they had a thing going a rivalry and I cannot be a part of that or I can't represent him yeah and then again it was just very shady how her boss Holloway was just like you either do this or like we're gonna fire you and she needs a job so she's kind of forced to take on this case exactly Emil Blonsky is not really a client that she wants to take on um, Mm. or represent in any form or fashion but unfortunately because she has to she has to and so now she's kind of in this predicament where she's doing things that she's forced to do and that she may not necessarily want to do exactly Um, I don't know how she felt about like the She-Hulk thing it doesn't seem like it drained her of any energy but I would imagine that like it must be exhausting it's not in a different way I feel like you know yeah like mentally or emotionally mm-hmm. I guess I don't know mm-hmm. if somebody came to me and was like we don't want you to be yourself when you work yeah, that... we want you to be your alter yeah. ego yeah that would feel kind of insulting like oh I'm not good enough okay thanks <laughs> right exactly um, but I don't know I think I think Jen like she handled it pretty well all things considered because I feel like if I had been in that position I would have been like it's very rude that somebody's asking me to be like my alter ego or whatever and then they're also forcing me to be 
in a case where I have a conflict of interest and I feel like personally I would have just been like you know what I'm out there's got to be some other law firm that would hire me but I think um given everything Jen was getting in return I think maybe she thought this was like a small price to pay I don't know um but it also just makes for like a really interesting conflict because um Emil Blonsky obviously did have a big thing going with Bruce way back when and, um, and so now as Bruce's cousin she kind of has to represent his enemy yeah which um also Awkward. just made for some really great comedy yes <laughs> yeah I think that was what made it kind of entertaining and, and funny to me that like when you see Emil he's not quite the way we last saw him in yeah. the Incredible Hulk <laughs> it's a very different Emil who's had time to sit in prison and like meditate and like and think about his actions yeah reflect. and like do a 180 yeah right, yeah all those so it's a very weird a very weird um version of Emil Blonsky yeah. that we see but an entertaining one too and um there was so a Jen think... has a strategy and everything she's like yeah you know what I can use this we can basically say he's transformed he's like he's a different person now to get his parole <laughs> but then at the end of this they see they see him in abomination form in a fighting ring, which is something that we saw in Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Yeah. And now this involves Wong. Because I see here's the thing. This is what I love about the MCU because there's little threads connecting them to other characters in the universe, which I really love, which another studio has failed to do has failed to do. <laughs> Not taking any names right now. But um I think it's a cool thing. What did you think of that tie-in? It was pretty cool. Hey, yeah, I loved it. I mean, I think like you said, that's one of the like great things that Marvel has done mm. well consistently, which is like have Easter eggs, but also like meaningful Easter eggs that come into play like sometimes in big ways later down the line. And I think I know this has been kind of frustrating for some people that like phase four is like the new phase one and there's a lot of setup and build up and exactly. there's not a lot of like payoff just yet. But um, I don't know. I mean, I got into the MCU a little bit late. So I think technically by the time I officially got into the, like uh, the MCU, I think phase two um, was either wrapping up or phase three was like a couple movies in. Yeah, yeah. And so um, I missed a lot of like the phase one, like being in the MCU during phase one. So for me, watching phase four unfold is kind of, um, it's been really cool because I didn't get to experience that with phase one. Like by the time I caught up to the, like- Yeah, it was already MCU, set up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One and two, or, or at least phase one was 100% done. I think phase mm -hmm. two may have either been 100% done or there may have been, like it may have been wrapping up. Um, I can't remember. <laughs> but um, because I missed that, it was really nice to see it, at least now in phase four, to kind of experience what it may have been like in phase one. So yeah, I just love to see Wong. I love that like they're obviously setting up for bigger things, and yeah, it's yes. a little frustrating that like in right now we don't have payoff, but mm. I'm sure it's coming. I'm sure it's like we're gonna oh get my it God. maybe at the yes. end of four phase five somewhere down the line. I have complete faith in Marvel that like yes. we'll get the payoff at some point because <laughs> they've done it in the past, and it may have taken some time to get there, but um, the end is kind of worth. The weight and it's like worth going through maybe some of like the slower parts Always. of the earlier phases. Tell the other people that, please, because I've seen a lot of <laughs> crazy stuff um on Twitter and on social media in general about 
phase four being dumb and I'm like have you not been here for phase one and phase two because that was all set up to be honest yeah there's a lot of I think build up that needs to happen and in order for it not to feel rushed and all of that oh for sure um, I think like that needs to happen and also I think Marvel also now especially because they're branching into TV they have the opportunity to do some lighter kind of wacky things like She-Hulk which we probably wouldn't have gotten um so I mean I'm fully okay with them experimenting and I mean is everything gonna be like an A plus like 100% Rotten Tomatoes score or whatever probably not but I I think as long as the story is entertaining and like you know there's like marvel always has a great cast so i think like they they there's a pretty good chance that most things will succeed and so like that's enough for me as long as it holds my interest i'm fine <laughs> absolutely i definitely agree with you there and yeah because uh basically that this is where we're going to have to look into it because this causes complications for Jen in the sense that how is she going to argue this case because Emil had basically been like I haven't turned into the abomination in forever and now we see him in the fighting ring so that's going to cause problems yeah I mean obviously I I think Wong appearing in any court case would cause issues but especially in this one because I think part of the issue that Jen was facing was that she had to convince a bunch of the like parole board members that um Blonsky was like reformed and that he could be released into to society with of course you know exactly the ankle monitor and stuff like that but um it's not an easy feat (laughs) Uh, especially given everything that Blonsky did and then now Mm. in you know with Wong's introduction it's revealed that technically he didn't break out of prison the traditional sense but Wong absolutely did help him violate his like terms I guess by removing him from his containment cell and taking him to of course another fighting ring elsewhere but it's still you know Blonsky's outside of his cell so um, I just thought that that was a really interesting challenge to kind of throw at her fairly early on in the season too but also just Mm -hmm. again just made for some really great comedy because Blonsky and Wong obviously know each other and this is not like their first um rodeo so to speak they've exactly kind of before and Mm -hmm. uh Jen is just kind of thrown off the deep end sort of with this revelation that like hey the Sorcerer Supreme has visited this guy and has taken him out and it has encouraged him to change into the abomination and used it like used him in a fighting ring and all of that and so um it was really interesting but I also just really loved the way that like she wasn't super into the task but she was given a task and she was like all right and she went to, with it. Do it yeah <laughs> and she got like she accomplished the end result that she was supposed to accomplish and so it's like I respect that and admire that about her that even if she wasn't super thrilled with the prospect um she's still like I know I'm a great lawyer and I know how to win this and this is what we're gonna do and she goes out and she does it she, so yeah I that was really cool <laughs> even if again she wasn't or even if like I think as as viewers or like as a viewer for me it did feel kind of weird that it was like he, so Plonsky just goes out like that's just a thing <laughs> nobody questioning this um so uh, I think Jen was not super thrilled with that, but she might have been the only one. No, that's true. Because, but again, I, I like that you mentioned this because she's given a task and she's like, I'm going to do it because, and she's good at it. Like you said, 
she's a really good lawyer and i find this is why whenever i see the firm uh GLK and H being like no we want you as She-Hulk I'm like dude Jen accomplished this not She-Hulk so why are yeah, you she- doing this well I mean I think the the why part is also a little bit obvious in the sense it's clearly mm. probably like pl- publicity and as the face of their new superhero division they probably yeah. want her plastered everywhere or like have her make a statement or whatever but um yeah that thing I always just like never understood because it's like there was a gen before there was ever a She-Hulk or at least a this exactly. particular She-Hulk so um you wouldn't have she-hulk without or this form of she-hulk without jen so um, it just kind of felt a little demeaning especially coming from a guy like holloway who seemingly did nothing other than just kind of order you know lower ranked employees around mm-hmm. it just felt demeaning that he was like no, no no we want you but only as your alter ego she-hulk not as jen walters we don't want to see jen walters around and um so it just it yeah it just it didn't feel right it's like she was a fully capable lawyer before she was She-Hulk, and now that yep. she's She-Hulk, you just want her She-Hulk solely for like publicity or like mainly publicity or something. Yeah, dude, it it doesn't sit right with me. Like you said, you're absolutely right about that. And let's also talk about Wong here because I love how hilarious Wong is. To be honest, he's like. He's supposed to be this Sorcerer Supreme guy, which I respect, by the way, which is great. <laughs> but, like, he's he's just Wong, you know? He's, like, he's he's, be, he's like, he just comes in there all mysterious and, like, yeah, I broke him out of prison, uh, so don't punish him for something I made him do. And he just tries to leave, which is, like, hilarious. But, like, Jen is like, I, I mean, I don't know how they let him just go scot-free without any charges for, you know, breaking <laughs> a prisoner out of his cell. I don't understand it, but okay. I, I think it's also that, like, the Sorcerer Supreme probably answers to a higher set of laws than whatever legal system kind of governs the LA area <laughs> or, mm. like, you know, California, whatever. Yeah. But um, Wong is also, you know, he's the Sorcerer Supreme, and like I said, I'm sure there's some like cosmic law book or something that kind of governs how he's supposed to act and like what he's supposed to do and all of that. But mm. um, I love that they were like everybody was just kind of so baffled by him coming in and like admitting this and then just kind of leaving and he's like walking out that they were like can we charge him where does he live does anybody know like they have no yeah, real way exactly. of like getting to him it's like yeah well that too but it's also just like they have no way of like finding him it's like he finds them if he wants but like they don't know where Kamartaj is they don't know where like the Sanctum Sanctorum is oh and god again yes. even if they did like you said it's there's a jurisdiction issue because they're in California and the Sanctum Sanctorum is in New York and who knows if that's where Wong even is most of the time like where's his mailing address where's his permanent Uh, address who knows (laughs) so um from like I guess that point of view it's it's very difficult to like pin him down but um yeah I just thought it was hilarious the way he like comes in and he's like like you said he's like I helped Blonsky escape so technically it's not really his fault uh it's kind of on me and then when like just like bye yeah the pro board's like wait did he just implicate himself but then it's also like how do we then charge the sorcerer supreme and it, it's just i think a legal headache for everybody so exactly kind of just like dropped 
I'm just like we're not we're not gonna worry about this right yeah now. we're, we're not gonna deal with this else. it's too much to deal with we can't do this kind of thing yeah it's actually funny to be honest but the good thing is for Jen this wins her her case which is like cool and Blomsky has his parole which is what which is what the end result that they all wanted at this point so with that taken care of uh there's the matter of Jen's dating life which they sort of get into um in this show so let's talk about that too again I just found it so interesting that like they took like a very interesting approach to this where it's like oh, Jen was reluctant to be She-Hulk at first but then you know after a bit she kind of embraces it and she's just yeah. like you know what like I am She-Hulk I might or whatever as well. and she's yeah yeah she's not super like uh afraid of turning into She-Hulk when she needs to or like mm. you know because they're both like the She-Hulk persona is a part of her so like I, I love that she's kind of like semi quickly found peace with it and is able to kind of or some degree of peace and Mm -hmm. is able to kind of switch between the two because again it's it's such a contrast from like some of the earlier oh yeah uh heroes in the mcu where like they either had secret identities or like they just didn't really interact with their loved ones out of fear of like you know hurting them or whatever and the Mm -hmm. show has kind of been like oh well Jen has no dating life so we're gonna fix that and she has like dating profiles both as Jen which unfortunately doesn't get her anybody and then as She-Hulk which does get her people which is um, stranger but you know what I mean it should be strange but unfortunately I feel like again it's just like they did a a good job of showing how weird the world can be sometimes where it's like they're Jen and She-Hulk are the same person but just because their pictures are different and she looks different as She-Hulk people are kind of like oh well we don't want to talk to Jen Walters we want She-Hulk because you know she's a bombshell and she's hot and sexy (laughs) like Jen is too Jen is cute come on Jen is cute who doesn't want that kind of chaotic energy in their life (laughs) I know I mean I really enjoyed like both versions of her like when she was She-Hulk and when she was Jen and so again it just like as a viewer it felt kind of it was it just kind of made me a little sad that I was like oh nobody wants her as Jen and it's like Jen is great like Mm -hmm. she's deserving of love too but everybody's just like going gaga over her She-Hulk form and so um, I'm sure there's a metaphor in there somewhere about what dating as a woman is but I wouldn't know yeah yeah, we're not going to talk about our dating lives. That's neither here nor there. Yeah, that's a <laughs> that's a lot. Totally that's relevant, a can of worms. But um, yeah, but I again, I just I thought it was really interesting that like they kind of showed that aspect of it where it's like the whole world knows that Jen Walters is She Hulk, but even something as simple as like creating a profile under the She Hulk name, name gets her all the attention and like all the dates and then the Jen Walter profile just like there and people are like eh, we don't want that one pass and um yeah again it just it was really interesting to to kind of see that and then also the way she was with her dating life compared to the way like other people were like especially like within phase four when you had things like Thor and Jane and Love and Thunder and how like you know <laughs> Jane dies and Thor is like it kind of seems like he's worn off love or at least a, for a bit and he's just like Jane was the one and he had like you know there's like all of that and then in No Way Home Peter like makes a spell so that everybody forgets who he is just to protect like the two people he has left and mm. it was just 
um, like there's that level of like creepiness in phase four and also this where it's just like yeah I just had dating profiles for both versions of me and unfortunately one is getting more like attention than the other than the other which is what again I like how in one episode this dating profiling was a trivial thing but it turns into something big in the next uh in the next episode to be honest because <laughs> Titania makes a comeback uh, and she's suing uh, Jennifer for use of the trademark name She-Hulk. And she, her, the evidence that she's presenting is that she never wanted to be She-Hulk. She hated the name She-Hulk and all those things. But then poor Jen is forced to use her dating life and expose the lack of response to Jen Walters and the response that She-Hulk got as evidence in a court case, in this court case, to prove that she wasn't exactly using someone else's trademark name. So, and this is, I think, where we meet, uh, I'm sorry, I keep forgetting her, Mallory, Mallory Brooks, right? That was her name? Yes. Um, yes. yeah, I kind of, I kind of feel bad for her. Let's talk about that because I found that w- to be an interesting twist. Yeah, I mean, the, the court case uh, thing was really interesting because, again, I feel like Titania was a little weird as a character, just in yeah. the sense that, like, she pops up in episode one, kind of, like, pops into the courtroom where Jen is having her first case and then that's also where Jen kind of reveals herself and then you don't see her again until this episode where she's suing Jen for like a a copyright or trademark infringement whatever and um it it was just really funny that it's like that's like that's your like kind of beef with each other like I mean I as far as I could tell like Titania seemed to have some superpower sort of thing going on but not I think to Jen's level and she also didn't seem to be using it for anything other than like kind of antagonizing Jen starting in this episode but Mm -hmm. um it it was just really funny to see like Jen go through all these different stages of like acceptance with her identity as She-Hulk and then in episode at the end of episode four I think it was where it's like some guy shows up at her door and is like handing her papers and it's like yeah Titania is doing like uh trademarking the name She-Hulk and and Jen was like but I'm She-Hulk and then um I don't know it was just again it was just very funny to kind of see them sit through this trial where Mallory was representing Jen and she was like I've got this case it's an open and shut case we can do it and it kind of was an open and shut case but pretty much entertaining but also kind of sad part was like you said Jen having to reveal her whole dating history and kind of expose it and share it with people that I'm sure she didn't want to share it with especially because some of those guys who ended up you know on her profile and who ended up on dates with her were very weird yeah (laughs) and um and for them to literally say that yeah I wouldn't have dated Jen but I only dated her because of her profile as she helped which is like how how does I mean like how damaging can that be to a person's self-image you know what I'm saying (laughs) that's I'm sure it wasn't easy for Jen to hear but I think also one of the great things about her is that she seems to have a really like 
thick skin in the sense like she heard it and she's like ouch that hurts but she also I think knew how much she was worth and she was like all right these people don't matter and like I think she had moments where it was like yeah this wasn't what I wanted to hear and like yes it did hurt but um it wasn't I think for her at least didn't seem like it was as big of a stumbling block as it could have been Mm -hmm. if it had been anybody else and they had heard that but yeah also like that is such a like rude thing to say and I will never understand how those guys got up on the stand and were like I mean exactly but like still like how do you look somebody in the eyes and be like yeah I don't really care about your normal form I'm Mm -hmm. just only interested in you as She-Hulk as your alter ego and if it were up to me I would not at all like connect and or engage with you as Jen Walters and it's like yeah that's gotta that's That's gotta hurt a little bit yeah exactly and I I like you said I will never understand the way they can just blatantly say that to be honest with you um (laughs) And this is where I think this is where we were at with Jen when we meet her in the next episode, which is going to a friend's wedding, right? So basically, uh, she's gone. She's gone to her friend's wedding, which is fine. Uh, but then this is where she meets um, Josh, the douchebag. So we'll talk <laughs> about that. And I also hate how. Um, I I kind of don't like how the friend was like I didn't want you to come here as She-Hulk. I wanted here I wanted you to come here as Jen and then basically makes her do all the legwork. Um which is like why? And then I think that's why Josh was so refreshing to her cuz she's like oh my god, he likes me for me and it's cool that someone likes me for me kind of thing, you know. So let's yeah, talk about I mean, that too. Yeah, Jen showing up to the wedding as She-Hulk was not at all surprising because ever since she became She-Hulk, that's all people have wanted from her. Yeah. I feel like she's had to sideline the Jen Walters part of her quite a lot and just yes. exist as She-Hulk and just go around and kind of like be paraded about as She-Hulk. So it mm-hmm. totally was not um, weird for her to show up to this wedding as She-Hulk yep. but then yeah, it was also really weird that like the friend was like no no, no I didn't want She-Hulk I just wanted Jen and it's like that seems nice on the surface but there's got to be something else going on yeah here. there is really... because the, the reason is it's the reason she gave was that I don't want to be upstage at my own wedding like dude right and it's like at that point why even ask her to be a bridesmaid just have her in the wedding party or something I don't know or like yeah. don't invite her to the wedding at all but like that is such a like dumb and kind of rude thing to do where it's like oh I didn't want you as She-Hulk because I didn't want to be upstage it's like it's your wedding if you're that particular about it like I don't know that it's right but like don't invite her maybe because Mm. I don't know I feel like if I were in Jen's shoes I would not want to be invited to a wedding where somebody said like oh you're going to be part of the bridal party and then you get there and it's like no 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 just kidding you're just like a glorifying maid (laughs) or like you're just like running around doing errands for the bride and it's like if if she had known that I'm sure she probably would have just been like I'm going to stay home not going to worry about it have a chill weekend and I won't have to deal with all of this nonsense but um like you said that is why Josh is so refreshing when he finally meets Jen and Jen meets him and like there seems to be like a instant connection between them and um you know especially after so many guys being with Jen for She-Hulk and then leaving her when she 
becomes Jen or like detransform it was nice to see somebody kind of be with Jen for Jen and you think like oh my god great this might be it it seems like exactly and then there's like a big reveal that's like wait what (laughs) that's later we'll talk about that because yeah in the background of all of this um they're looking for a good costume designer for Jen because she has to keep changing from the She-Hulk persona to Jen persona and all those things and Nikki being the sleuth that she is finds an online forum called Intelligentsia which is basically like targeting She-Hulk weirdly enough um I want to talk about that for a little bit because that hit too close to home because we see a lot of that shit going on online these days and it was like oh my god just what did they think of that I want to talk about all of that too yeah again I mean I think like you said it does hit very close to home and I think a lot of this first season is kind of like a metaphor or allegory for stuff that happens in the real world especially with regard to like social media and stuff Mm -hmm. like intelligentsia and like the way that forum was handled within the show felt very much like a lot of social media slash public spaces Mm -hmm. now where it's like people can say things unchecked with no proof and then all of a sudden there's like a bunch of them who are like yeah like the moon is i don't know made of cheese or something <laughs> and then all of a sudden you have like a group of people who are like yeah the moon is made of cheese <laughs> we're gonna like fly up there and harvest it or something or weird you find like weird nonsense yeah, all the time and exactly. so um it was kind of funny to see like oh yeah there's like a version of that in the show but then mm-hmm. also um it, it was very um i like i don't quite know how to describe it but like it just it felt very appropriate that like as soon as Nikki found that her first thing was like oh my god I should tell Jen and then Mallory yeah. who was also there in the room with her was like no 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 she's at a wedding just let it be don't worry her if it ends up being a thing we'll deal with it when we come to that yep. but like right now just just let her be she's enjoying herself we'll just keep an eye on it and monitor the situation and it's like yeah that feels very accurate for I think a lot of the things that um people may have to go through being online and you know especially I think if you amass a sizable following whether you're yeah. you know like a celebrity or like a public figure or whatever then mm-hmm. um I'm sure you know people who have those huge followings probably can find or may have heard about you know threads or spaces where it's like people are just posting like the dumbest takes about them or weird nonsense and so <laughs> that like you said it it did hit really close to home and it's like oh this is a little too close <laughs> no exactly but let's also talk about this costume designer and also the little hint or easter egg that we get for another character that's gonna show up in this series which i absolutely love and i was so excited for because we saw this in the trailers and we were like what and then it actually happened. So let's talk about that because someone mentioned that this guy was the MCU version of Edna Mode, which I so agree with, which is like hilariously accurate. I love it. And yes, thank oh my you. God, it, but it is, yeah. But the Easter egg is that he, this guy is also making a costume for Daredevil. So, like, what? So crazy. Yeah, so we'll see Matt Murdock, which is like, so cool let's talk about that 
it was so exciting to see that too especially because i think if i remember correctly no way home was the first time charlie cox yes. put on the suit again since daredevil ended right yeah so like it already been some time and then he he wasn't technically in the daredevil suit for no way home but he had no. cameos in no way home where he yeah. was representing peter and then happy in the extended version i'm a really good lawyer um yeah <laughs> Um, and I, I, I would have loved to see like knowing home get into it more because mm. um, obviously it's not that he's just a great lawyer. <laughs> um, and I'm sure Clearly. like Happy May and Peter had a bunch of questions, mm-hmm. but um, it was really exciting to see that Easter egg in She-Hulk because I think they had advertised it. I don't think they made it a secret that um, Matt no. Murdock would be in She-Hulk. But yeah, it was in the I trailer remember, like, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, it was. And I think even before the trailer came out, I think there was already like rumors or whatever yes. that he was gonna be featured yes. in the show. And so I remember as like the episodes were coming out, I was thinking like, okay, no Matt Murdock in this episode. We didn't get it last week or the week before. And so like every week it was just kind of counting down. Right? Like, All right, when is Matt Murdock coming in? Exactly. And then in this episode, um th- or this one scene with the designer whose name escapes me. <laughs> I can't um, remember Luke maybe Something. Luke Jacobs is that his name I think so I'm so sorry I'm, I'm forgetting it but yeah oh my yeah, god I'm blanking on the name too but um Same. oh crap we're blacking out on a big name here yeah <laughs> uh it'll come to me at like a random yeah interval, I'm sure mm-hmm. But um, I just thought it was really funny that like Luke Jacobson, that was his name. Yeah, okay. I think Mark Jacobs is another designer, like a real world designer, yeah. I believe. But I think Luke Jacobson is the designer. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was just really funny to see him like, kind of like you said, or you saw like somebody commented on him being like the Edna mode of the MCU. That's yes. a really apt, I think, comparison. And it was just really funny to see him kind of be like, like Edna would be to Jen, I think. Like he was just at first, like I'm not gonna yeah, dress you, hobo you're suit. Not my style, yeah. <laughs> With enough, I think persuasion. Jen was like, she she managed to convince Luke to to design her outfit. And mm-hmm. in the background of that episode, um, or in in one of the frames, you just see like the the Daredevil helmet, which was really cool yeah, to see. Which is really um, cool. Yes. Yeah, and it was again just so so nice to see because i think i think even after no way home i think kevin feige may have said that matt murdoch slash daredevil will be in future mcu um projects and like this wasn't the last time that we saw him but it was always like when is he popping up and then when she hulk was you know as it was getting closer to the release date i think there was more information being released and that was like another tidbit that we got that he would be in this and it wouldn't just be like a easter egg or like one and done cameo like he would have like actual an actual role yeah Um, yeah. so that was really exciting to see and i'm sure that like i mean i don't know i can't speak for anybody else but i know when i saw like that one shot of his helmet in the background i was like oh my god daredevil yeah there it is exactly (laughs) yeah but this is Um, where the josh plot line picks up more and i get so mad when i see this happening because in the beginning it's like oh my god jen and josh are hitting it up it's so cute they're they're like doing their thing and which is fine it's all good and then the whole he's not texting me back thing and then her going to the abominations retreat place and i think we <laughs> forgot to mention that some some people had attacked jen earlier and she sees one of her attackers here 
and I really love the um, I love the talk that they have here because Jen really just expresses this because like she literally says you know that one friend in high school who was always cooler than you and you wanted to be that person and then you suddenly are that person and you don't want it and everyone likes you just for that and not for who you actually are kind of thing <laughs> she really I love that scene it really you know points to the exact problem that Jen has been seeing or having in with being She-Hulk because yes she is She-Hulk that is her but how much of She-Hulk is Jen and how much of Jen is She-Hulk she's still trying to figure that out what did you think of that right I think it was um one from a pacing perspective it was really interesting to kind of slow down the story right? a little bit just as I was kind yeah. of picking up and kind of take Jen yeah. out of her comfort zone yeah and put her in this like weird retreat thing that Blonsky mm-hmm. was organizing and like mm-hmm. have him in a weird way almost kind of like mentor her or guide her yes but um I think also like she says she she does I think make a good point with the whole um you know the quote that you just mentioned where she was mm-hmm. referencing like she is the cool person that everybody wants to be friends with but she's not really is super happy with where she is right now because again it's like like you said she spent a lot of time being she-hulk and having to deny you know like the Jen Walter side of her and Mm -hmm. people just kind of seem to brush over that but like she-hulk is Jen Walters and Jen Walters is she-hulk so exactly I think finding that line or finding that balance like you said is um a little bit tougher for her because Mm. so many people are just like we don't care about Jen nobody cares about Jen we just want she-hulk and um it's I'm sure it can get tiring after a while just constantly yeah. being told like you're great we there's nothing wrong with you we just don't like you enough to really want you we want the other you who's <laughs> like Which taller is, and yeah. buffer and cooler and yeah oh my god all of that so yeah um but yeah it was really interesting to kind of see her just like go to this retreat and then be guided by Blonsky of all people and it's like is he qualified to give advice and should you be taking it even if he's giving it but like again it was just weird because he wasn't entirely wrong with some of the things he was saying yeah it also felt too too weird and it's like as as logical as some of his statements are I did not fully trust that he oh exactly or that he was doing some of the kind like he had our best interests at heart exactly I was like I don't don't really know if you performed that much dude Mm. until I see some like concrete evidence beyond you just living in a secluded estate with like a bunch of random weirdos no offense um I don't know that I would call this like a reformation exactly or like right you know like an attitude change or adjustment or whatever so it was a little bit weird to kind of see that and see Blonsky be more of like a mentor when it felt like he hadn't really earned the right to do that or Mm -hmm. like again he wasn't really qualified to offer any sort of advice but um but yeah it was just interesting to see exactly um which is how but then at the end of this is when we find out what josh has actually been doing which is like super creepy and disgusting as hell is that after they spent the night together while she's asleep she he's taken her blood sample and he's actually like you know go he's actually ghosting her and he sent her blood sample to some weirdos uh somewhere else which is like why why would you do that what kind of 
And I think also, didn't he like he took pictures of her sleeping? Exactly. And he also like copied her phone, I think, or copied yes. files from her phone to he his did. phone or to uh, like an external location. And yeah, it was very shady. And it was just yeah. like, you're not winning any points here, dude. Like, no. you fully went from like weirdo to like creep to douche like very quickly exactly <laughs> and after doing something like that I don't think that like I mean now knowing the full story it's like there's no redemption I think or there's no coming not at back all. from that not but at as all the episodes were airing, it's like watching just that episode where the only thing we knew at that time was that he was taking pictures of her and like copying something from her phone on like why like, would you be doing that yeah, yeah exactly there's no way you can spin this positively and mm. I would be very surprised if you could turn this around and make viewers care for you but um now I'm, that glad that stories, like, yeah. I'm glad that they oh, didn't I'm glad that they didn't but that's a There's different no story way to make that sympathetic I know. it was like I feel like the only way may have been to have him like copy the files off of like Jen's phone and delete them and then keep them on his phone and been like if he had been like oh, I didn't want anybody else to catch it because there's these creepy people who were out there who were trying to, like, bring you down. Yeah, but that, even that wouldn't have, that's felt, a reach. That would have felt weird. Again, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so um, I, I think, like you said, I kind of agree that it, it was a good thing they didn't try and make him sympathetic because I Absolutely. don't know if he can be redeemed after that. Nope, not at all. And let's also talk about uh, Jen's next case because this is this comes in with a new hero called Leapfrog who basically comes to Jen saying that uh, his super suit that he uses malfunctioned and who else <laughs> does that and the only per, the person who designed that um, super suit is Luke and she's in a quandary because she's Luke. She wants. She's Luke's client. She can't. It's difficult for her to represent her own client against him because she still needs his. How should I put it? Business, I guess. Yeah, I mean the thing that kind of annoyed me with that again it was just like GLK and H. Or maybe just the H for Holloway, mm-hmm. um, who kind of is the only guy you really see from that group which is consistently having her act or like work on cases that she just did not want to be on right and exactly or a conflict of interest mm-hmm. and this is again a case where she had a conflict of interest because luke designed leapfrog's suit and he was also in the process of designing a outfit for like or a gala jen. that jen was going to yeah. attend mm-hmm. and um Obviously, she doesn't want to work against him or anything, but, like, because I think Leapfrog's father was, like, I think he was, he had some connections or he was fairly the wealthy. Farm. And so, yep, 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 yep. Yeah. So, like, Holloway didn't want to anger him. He was like, no, like, the only thing that matters is keeping this guy out of jail. Yep. And, you know, keeping the senior, like, the father who was happy whatever senior yeah yeah, keeping him happy and so jen is again forced to take on this case that a she doesn't want to take on b she kind of doesn't really i don't think she believed that leapfrog did the correct thing but she's forced to still kind of um act like he's innocent and and it was like a yeah malfunction of the suit or whatever and then of course luke is upset so it's just a mess for her but the one nice thing to come out of this episode is that guess <laughs> who's um, representing luke <laughs> yeah luke's lawyer is the fabulous matt murdoch and of we course. get um 
Charlie Cox is kind of like proper introduction to yes. Shinhok, uh as Matt Murdock. Which I love, by that the was, way. Yeah, that was a really funny scene. Um, and also, I just kind of felt bad because it's like, I didn't want to have to pick sides between like Jen and Matt, but it's mm-hmm. like they were kind of like they're chaotic in their own way to be honest let's just say that you know (laughs) yeah um but it it was really funny to kind of see them on opposite sides of the aisle I guess in the courtroom I don't know Mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. and then um it was really cool to to see kind of how quickly they were able to wrap up that case just because Matt knew the leapfrog had filled i think his his boosters he he put jet fuel and luke was like that was not the instructions i never ever said jet fuel yeah and um i love when jen was like how do you know he was like i'm just he was essentially boiled down to kind of like i'm a really good lawyer like i'm really yeah (laughs) so um i loved their courtroom scene and then even after like when they're at a bar getting drinks they're like the way they were just kind of like going off of each other and like oh my god their banter is ridiculous (laughs) yeah and this is where the fourth wall thing comes in i love how she's like it's not just me right you're feeling this too like dude chill okay (laughs) i think we all are especially after josh yeah (laughs) yeah so like i get it which is fine i so okay um let me just say that it's refreshing to see a show where a woman is allowed to embrace her sexuality the way she wants to instead of shaming her for having I mean there's nothing wrong with what Jen is doing she's like she wants to have a good dating life she wants to have fun which is which is every woman's right let's not forget <laughs> like I'm no one to judge but like there's so many people who would shame her for the, the shame characters like these for that which I'm not about it's ridiculous and I'm glad that this show didn't go that route so there's that yeah no it was very refreshing to see and also like i mean it's a, it's a thing that happens you know so i think people move at different speeds when it comes to relationships some people are just into like the one night stands without any meaningful connection yeah, other maybe. people are like yeah you know you do you guys marriage and whatever you before you. we do anything but yeah uh yeah i mean it's different for everybody but it was nice to see that like within the show nobody was like yelling at jen for you know trying to date different guys yeah it's it's totally valid i think for her to want Mm -hmm. to find a partner and have a meaningful connection with anybody and um (laughs) especially after (laughs) uh, after everything that she had gone through it was nice to kind of see her like connect with matt and then just Mm -hmm. to watch their banter it was really funny so it was ridiculous yeah, you guys are feeling too. It's like, oh no, we absolutely are genuinely. Yeah. <laughs> and this whole and then this whole thing with Leapfrog leads to something else because Leapfrog has basically kidnapped Matt. Uh, not Matt, sorry, Luke. Luke, yeah. <laughs> not Luke. And this is when she finds out who Daredevil actually is, which is hilarious. I mean, Let's not, I mean, I love that scene where Matt is just trying to stop her from taking his mask off and he, and he just can't. He's like, he just laughs and she's like, dude, are you pretending to be blind? No, I, I'm actually blind. It's just, I, I can hear people's heartbeats. Um, uh, you can't. And I can hear your heartbeat too. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. It's just cute. And he's just laughing it off because he's a chaotic loose shit and I love it. 
is this I know it was it was so great to see them team up too like as their alter egos because yeah. um yeah leapfrog is like you know I don't think anybody was surprised by kind of how dumb and childish leapfrog and, is but yes. and yeah and he's like mm-hmm. yo I lost this case and like I'm gonna make this guy design me a new suit and like make mm-hmm. it work properly and all that and it's like yeah. oh my god dude you are you have entirely way too much time on your hands um but it was nice to see like Jen and and Matt work together as Daredevil yep. and she hulk and to see how their strategies like, are actually at odds and don't combine but it still works yeah, weirdly enough well together so yeah that was super cool to see yep absolutely their fighting styles are so different because they're because matt is very strategic he's like stealth he's he's he relies more on stealth but she hulk is like brute force but then they end up working together really well it's kind of funny how they do end up working together and after they take the i love how while they're taking down leapfrog um she the matt and jen are like discussing how to you know argue this case it's kind of ridiculously funny to think about it so let's it's just it's a funny thing and they do end up hooking up, which is fine. Good for her. Like, like good for both of them, to be honest. Like, yeah. whatever, you know? And I love how Nikki's like, I saw this guy come out. Are we happy about this? And they're like, yeah, we're very happy about this. Like, yay, awesome. And then there's this whole yeah. gala thing. So let's talk about the gala because shit goes on there. But we got to talk about that. Yeah, I mean, one of the things that I kind of enjoyed about the show is that it is a lot more lighthearted than I think previous yeah. MCU shows have been. It really um, is. Not that all of them have been super dark, but there's been some heavy stuff in a lot of the, the previous TV shows. And going into this one, it's like it's a lot more lighthearted, a lot uh, more. It was. It, I think it definitely leaned more comedy than any of the shows before it had. Mm-hmm. And so um, I think because there was just so many different things going on and because it was more of a comedic show, and kind of pitched as a legal comedy yeah um they were able to kind of focus on lighter things and at times you know like they would kind of split the story up into like different things and like initially yes. like there were episodes that focused just on yes like, the law or like legal aspect of Jen's life and then there's like the whole dating arc section and then you know you get into like the She-Hulk arc or whatever where it like dealt with heroes and villains and all of that and so it kind of like alternated or like rotated between these like different facets of Jen's life which was really interesting but also like at times because you were so absorbed in like particular parts it was kind of easy to forget that other things had happened right so, like, exactly intelligentsia was like a good one because it's like it you see it pop up it's a hint. you know that it's like, yeah it's, yeah, it's like there and then it's yeah. it's like in the back of your mind and you're like this seems really weird it's got to come up somewhere and then it kind of doesn't until the very end and it's like okay the big reveal is coming and then when it comes it comes in with a bang because Jen is at like a lawyer of the year gala and um there's a, a a moment where like they're giving out the award and you know she's brought her family and Nikki's come and you know there's always big names and whatever and then yep weirdly enough they award like several women the award which also just feels really weird right um, exactly and that was very odd yeah um and again i'm sure there's some metaphor there that 
I'm not. I don't oh, know well, about law working and twice as hard for <laughs> half the pay that Mallory mentions, yeah. which is like yeah, or even know. like half the recognition. So yeah. um that again just felt very odd. But then as Jen is like giving her kind of acceptance speech for the award, the big kind of electronic screen behind her just like it, it like her like videos are posted there all her texts like just very private and personal information oh, is God, just uploaded yes. and shared with uh -huh. not only the attendees but i'm sure hundreds if not thousands or millions of people all over the world um so uh intelligentsia kind of strikes and they kind of dox jen and reveal all these different things about her and it's yep. a very like i'm sure uh frustrating moment, and embarrassing frustrating moment like i'm sure things. there's all these different emotions going through her and this is i think the only time we see jen kind of lose control, lose control. And, yes. um as much as maybe the law enforcement doesn't agree i say kind of understandably so yeah and um the thing that i was also found really weird about this is everybody was fully okay with her turning into she hulk for whatever reason prior to this incident and now up until this point -Hulk, exactly the narrative shifts it's like oh she's a monster she lost control she's dangerous we don't like we can't deal with her she needs to be restrained and it's like you guys had no issues with her when she was presenting as She-Hulk and working at a legal firm and taking on cases and just existing yeah. in society as She-Hulk prior to this and now she's going through something incredibly frustrating and her response is like it's it's a logical response that i think anybody they mentioned that they mentioned that yeah. yeah and people are like oh my god she's a monster and so um to the point where know. they literally put her in the same cell as they did the abomination and put an inhibitor on her which is like dude not fair <laughs> don't do that you know yeah it just seemed very uh again demeaning and yeah. unnecessary because she had never lost control until that point and then mm. even then she had only lost control because of this kind of like uh it, it was provoked or whatever you want to call it literally yeah, provoked. Provoked yeah doing it and then um you know it, it was just not a great moment for her both in terms of like how she reacted of course which again is totally it was a valid mm -hmm. reaction and i think it was you know you can't fault her for doing that but also no. just like imagine being in that position where like all of your private affairs and like whatever dirty laundry or whatever, whatever you, you want to call it just yeah out to the world and only like her parents were in the room and like you know the video that josh took of her as she was sleeping or, or like as they were making out or whatever is all like, it's just very <laughs> creepy you know and, like, yeah that that's really and... lightly but yeah i know what you mean yeah, yeah it, it was just not a great like moment i'm sure yeah. for her to be in and then it was also mm. a little bit tough for us i think as viewers to watch because it definitely felt uncomfortable but i think like that yeah. was the point because unfortunately like that sort of stuff that happens was in the, the real point world too yes absolutely um, so mm -hmm. yeah i'm sure there's a metaphor allegory there as well <laughs> the show is just i think full of it and it does it fairly well for the most part too i think but yeah um, yeah i just thought it was so interesting how like the narrative just like almost instantaneously shifts and it's like mm not to be that person but like bruce has lost control and how many like initially maybe i think people have called him a monster but then after like you know the um the chitauri invasion and stuff and after the avengers became a thing it's like did how many times people call 
like Bruce Banner a monster. Yeah. Um, maybe just the people who are in favor of like the Sokovia Accords, but I think exactly be like no, he's he's okay. Like, so you know, the Hulk could be a problem, but no, Bruce yep, Banner is yep. a hero, and it's like now Jen Walters has one instance, you know, where she's lost control or she's transformed and she's lashed out in anger and again yep. understandably so mm-hmm. and everybody's just like oh she's a monster she needs to be locked away she needs to be jailed and it's like that just doesn't seem fair but okay it doesn't compute basically but yeah i agree yeah for really and this is yeah you're it, it really bothered me because she's and the show does a good job of saying that that was a completely valid response to what happened to her right Mm -hmm. and I wouldn't I don't blame her for lashing out the way she did because no one deserves stuff like that to happen to them nobody um right unless of course you're a piece of shit that outs other people maybe Mm -hmm. but even that is a reach you know like I wouldn't wish that upon anybody but then this is the one episode where I feel like breaking the fourth wall goes a bit too far because this is like the final episode and then the it, she it, Jen it, it basically um it it go the fourth wall breaking goes a bit too deep a little too deep in this episode and I'll explain why uh while Nikki's an amazing sleuth and she involves um uh pug who in in finding out who's running intelligentsia and all those things they find out that it's todd another entitled rich baby basically who (laughs) has been pretending to be she hulk's friend or whatever in other situations but here he's running this entire uh operation to basically you know defame her or whatever um this is and then he's the one who's who basically ordered josh to draw her blood so that he could transform into the hulk himself mm-hmm. um and this is where the fourth, fourth wall breaking goes a little bit too far because she hulk uh, because jen ends up there so does the abomination <laughs> which is kind of crazy I mean, as a speaking engagement. yeah like intelligentsia like the thing is on his estate and so watching it it's like oh okay like now it makes sense like clearly he must be in yeah. on it yeah or whatever because he's lent his estate yeah. to these people and jen is on the estate too because she's like going yeah. through some things and, she's and she wants of, to you know just get away from all of it yeah exactly yeah. And, and weirdly enough i think she feels that like Blonsky's probably the only person who can understand what she's going through because yep. it's literally like very similar to what he went through yes but um yeah, like going there and finding intelligentsia meeting and having Todd be the like mastermind when he's just kind of been like this geeky, like weird guy who went mm-hmm. on like one, maybe two blind dates with her. Yeah. Um, or I think it started as a blind date and then I, yeah, I think he whatever. tried to like, yeah, exactly. get her to represent him yeah. in, in a case or something. And then tried to hit um, on her and everything, which is like super creepy and weird, but whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just like all, I think, like very weird to kind of see him end up being the mastermind. And then when he tries to like, because he ordered, I think, her blood to be taken so he could inject it into himself and become a Hulk because he, yeah. for some reason, thinks she doesn't deserve it. Um, that 
like backfires and then yeah there's that moment where Jen is kind of just like wait is this happening because this this is not how I want my like finale to end yeah um I actually didn't have an issue with her going like breaking the fourth wall a little bit more and going into like Marvel the writer's Q, room like, being yeah in the writer's room. I actually thought it was kind of funny um, it is funny and- but I felt like I it took it entirely... away from the story a little bit, just a little. Yeah, I mean, I think for me, my biggest complaint with the finale and just like the really like the second half after she mm. kind of breaks the fourth wall even mm-hmm. more and like goes into like the writer's room and then mm. meets the the Kevin robot. Yeah. Um, it's just that like everything kind of wraps up a little bit neatly and it's right? almost a little anticlimactic. Right. But I really have an issue with like the that particular Mm. bit itself where like she goes into the writer's room Mm. um it's not you know I know everybody's cup of tea and I don't think I normally would have enjoyed it but I think it was kind of in the vein of the show and the show had done it well enough before that I was just like I'm not super bothered by it would Mm. I have liked maybe a more like action-packed finale yes maybe but um it I, it, it wasn't for me personally it didn't like ruin anything I still really enjoyed the finale it no just felt, I did too and um just felt it, anticlimactic because there's no yeah. big fight it just kind of wraps up because the ending has changed um mm. but also I think for me I kind of enjoyed it because it was again kind of very in character for Jen to be like no I don't want this and I know what I want and I know what I deserve fair. and to go and get that's it that's a fair point so I liked that part at least that even if it was like a little bit weird to see like the writer's room or like a Feige 2.0 robot whatever you want to call it right Kevin Um, like seriously (laughs) it was nice to see like Jen still being like no I deserve like a better ending or like I know what I want and I know what I I, like this is what I'm going to do to get it and then she gets it so that was really cool to see no I agree with you there definitely that is something that is very Jen-like um and uh, I I it's not that I hated it no it just took away from the story a little bit and it felt yeah, like you said no, anticlimactic yeah um but I do like that at the end she's she's okay with herself and when someone asks her uh are you going to come for them as Jennifer Walters or she'll she's just like both which I love I love that <laughs> which is good and I also yeah, like the was, man um... uh, yeah go ahead sorry no, no, I was just gonna say, uh, just uh, going off of that, there was a quote that um, Matt said where it like he f- said he was in a unique position because as a lawyer he can help yes. people um, who have failed the law or whatever, and then as a superhero he can help people who the law has failed. Mm. And I think that really resonated with Jen because until then she was just kind of doing what other people wanted her to do as yes. she helped, and you know, like GLK and H was like, we want you to lead this division mm-hmm. and this and that. And like um she did it because she needed, you know, a, an income and she had to, you know, pay her expenses and have a place to live and all of that. But um after the gala and after intelligentsia kind of like doxed her and revealed all her information yeah. she like GLKNH like fired her and all of that and so she had yep. to move back with her parents and um yeah that was a lot all of that yeah, so, exactly um it was nice to see that like when she finally does get back into law I think like that kind of really sticks with her and she's like yes. okay that makes sense or like that I I like feel that and like that's what I want to do and so like that kind of I think inspires her and so at the end seeing her be like I'm coming after them with both Jen Walters and She-Hulk that was really cool which was awesome see, and see. also that line where she's breaking the fourth wall and she's like I smash things um and sometimes Matt Murdock I'm like what 
it's funny come on it's funny matt matt must be watching and be like oh my god yes <laughs> just like, i'm actually curious i don't know if they ever like if jen walters and matt murdoch were ever a thing in the comics i don't know i'd be either. really curious to know if they were if it was just like something that just you know like because i think they were i think i saw something that that indicated that they might have been but what i don't know but regardless i'm glad that they are in this which is nice to see Mm -hmm. like funny yeah (laughs) that her family's haranguing them and everything it's kind of funny to see actually yeah i love i'd love to see like where they go from here like Mm -hmm. not just as like whatever relationship status they may or may not be but also just as like acquaintances and like very specific like they're a very specific category i think on themselves there's like lawyers who also happen to be superheroes right exactly um I'm very curious as to like where the story goes from here because also like Matt Murdoch does not live in LA. He lives no. in Hell's Kitchen in New York. Or he yep. works in Hell's Kitchen. I can't remember yep. if he lives there. No, um, yeah, I don't know either. But, but he works um, there. Yeah, yeah, and like Jen is obviously in LA, yep. and so it's like, how is this going to work? Like whether they pursue a relationship or whether they just stay as like friends or superhero buddies or friends whatever. with benefits. Who knows? Um, I don't know. Yeah. So um, it, it'll be really interesting to see where that goes. But then also in the very last episode, we kind of get like another kind of bombshell revelation, which is that Bruce comes back from who knows the where car doing. Well, yeah, I think mm-hmm. that's it. Is that where he was? Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. Mm-hmm. Um, and he comes back with the son who's also a Hulk. And then he, and like this kid, he's like, I don't even know like what like, he looks like. He must be a teenager at least. Yeah. Uh, or at least maybe maybe not a teenager. I don't know. He is very tall. Um, maybe that's Hulk size. So, I don't know. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. We don't actually know how old the kid is, but he's not a baby. So it's like, who did Bruce have a relationship with? Where did this happen? Like, I want all the details. I just want yeah, to know where I want from, Like, what's his story? Um, and yeah, I'm very interested to see where that goes. Also, this is a little bit of a tangent. And maybe this is kind of mean of me to say, but as somebody who is not a huge fan of like the Natasha Bruce romance, oh, I just love that the MCU has kind of like ignored it after yes. the, whatever that was yes. in uh the Avengers. Oh my god, um, thank you. And whoever did that, thank you for that. Like yeah, really. it looks like they somehow like go like backtrack and they're like, no, 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 actually, like this kid is somehow like don't do that of bruce and Nat don't do that be very weird that would be um, very surprising yeah i'm praying that that is not the case and i don't think it could happen but uh, no. but the, uh, the other surprising anything... go ahead go ahead sorry oh no sorry i was just gonna say that the thing is too like the the kid could also be adopted so it could just be like <gasps> you know like the way thor took in love and um, decided to raise her maybe bruce just found like another hulk baby or whatever and decided to raise him but i have so many questions that i, don't I have a lot of questions answers, i like but... to, i'd like to answer yes yeah. but let's also talk about emil because there's more happening there with him that indicates that we might see him again later um <laughs> Because Emil violated the terms of his parole by turning into the abomination again. And he's taken back to his holding cell or prison or whatever. But the Sorcerer Supreme comes back to sneak him out again. Which is like, dude, 
why i mean i love you wong but why letting him go back into prison when wong probably just as easily could have taken him from his estate i never understood that part but yeah it was just really weird because it's like he had he let intelligentsia use his estate for their like weird meeting where they were like yeah we brought down she hulk or we're gonna like now we're gonna make a new and better version of the hulk or whatever yeah and then it seemed like all like emil had to be complicit in it and when Jen walks in and she sees him and she sees this whole thing, it, it does kind of come across as like, you know, Emil being in on it. But then when like fighting breaks out, Emil is actually one of, I think he might have been the first person to like reach in and like just pluck Jen out of there and like mm-hmm. keep her somewhat safe. So it's it's very weird. It's like I was never super um trusting of him and I never really bought that he had done a complete 180 I still don't know that I do because it's like this is very weird but for now as a viewer I feel like maybe Wong is like with him yeah um I can give him the benefit of the doubt because I don't really know what's going to happen and maybe Wong has (laughs) some huge plan for Blonsky and I don't know we'll see but um yeah that was just very weird that he like the way it initially came across is like of course this guy had to be involved with whatever was going on because he lent them his estate and it would Mm -hmm. be very weird to just let a bunch of strangers meet on your estate without knowing what they're meeting on or like how many people are coming or like what they need and all of that and um it seems like he should have been like kind of with intelligentsia but yeah then he's also like saving jen so yeah um, and then he like willingly goes back to jail and like jen fully informs him like you do know that by signing this document you are agreeing to go back to like jail for a minimum of like 10 years or something and exactly like, oh, no, I'm fully aware and like i'm gonna show you that i'm reformed or whatever so, and i think the only um, reason he did that was because he knew wong would come for him again which is like i think so too so it's like very hard to get a read on him and it's like yeah. i still don't really trust this guy but mm-hmm. i trust that Wong can keep him in check and I hope yep. that's true <laughs> so um yeah I just it'll be interesting to see where it goes from here and uh where Jen and Emil and Matt and Wong all pop up even Titania I don't really know like what because like she had like a couple of like really minor I, not yeah, minor but she, I would say minor she had appearances I would say yeah but it's yeah. just like what like why include her if she's not like I, I think if you took out the titan- the titania bits of the story, I think aside from like the the trademark lawsuit, I, I think the story would still hold up and it, it like the exactly much. Mm. Um, having said that though, like I said, I absolutely love Jamila Jamila. I love she her. She's woman, awesome. So I was happy to see yeah. her. I'll take more titania because yeah, um, if I she comes up in future product uh, projects, yeah, please. Yeah, I'm just very curious. Like, what was the thought process behind including her, and is she going to come up elsewhere? Because she does come up in the end, and it does kind of seem like she's suddenly done a 180 and is kind of like on Jen's side because she's yeah. not on Intelligentsia side. No, she's not. And I don't think she's super into like Blonsky. I think she could just kind of comes because she's got um some skills that mm-hmm. they could probably use and i'm sure her super strength was appreciated in the fight against the intelligentsia idiots yeah. so um it was just very interesting intelligentsia idiots what an oxymoron but i, <laughs> I love know, right? it i love it um it is ironic great job but, yeah <laughs> very cool but yeah it's really interesting but like you said it's wrapped up a little too neatly 
in the end mm-hmm. and it feels anticlimactic but other than that over i really just enjoyed the show for as light as it was considering <laughs> how heavy everything else in phase four has been so um I think it's safe to say that the both of us enjoyed this show as we do enjoy and like we enjoyed every other piece of content that Marvel has put out so far. Um, yeah. And that's the verdict on this for us, guys. So if you, again, um, we love She-Hulk. We love, we love the stuff that the MCU puts out. And if you've stuck with us this far, we thank you and we appreciate you. And we would like you to join us next week for a very special episode because, Cass, what are we doing next week? Uh, Next week, we are going back to more classics, uh, Mm -hmm. back to one of our favorites, Jane Austen. We are talking about the 2007, I think it's ITV um, production of Mansfield Park, which... I've watched a number of times. I've really loved. It's also I've I think it very, it. very closely follows the yeah. book. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's um the book is phenomenal. I mean, I think we both I think I speak for both of us when I say that we're like big off. Oh yeah, fans. we are definitely and, um, we absolutely love it. And so watching that version was also just really cool because it does follow the book very closely. Yep. So yeah, next week we're going back to more literary classics. <laughs> awesome. So so stick around for that guys again we cannot uh thank you enough for sticking with us through all of this um i know we haven't been on tumblr much but you can definitely send us ass there it's nerdy hyphen podcasts.tumblr.com send us ass send us messages we'd love to hear from you you can also get us um you can also reach out to us on instagram at at nerdy podcasts and that's our Instagram handle. Um, feel free to give us feedback on any platform that you listen to us on. I think Apple uh, Apple Podcasts and Amazon Music will allow you to basically, you know, rate our podcast. We'd really love to get some feedback from you guys. And we'd love mm-hmm. to find out what you think of our podcast. Thanks, guys. Thank you. As always, our lovely theme song is Water Lily by the 126ers. The Nerdy Podcasts podcast is available on Anchor, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, and you can follow us online at nerdy-podcasts.tumblr.com or at nerdypodcasts.wordpress.com.